Welcome to the Staying Ageless podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we'll be chatting about how to achieve peak performance. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to chat with you about my 10 habits for cultivating optimal health. And later, we'll chat with Dr. Warren Brown, a naturopathic doctor who specializes in sports medicine. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. Shout out to listeners in Sweden, Australia, South Africa, Denmark, France, Mexico, Canada, and the USA. I appreciate you all. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and write a review. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Today on the show, I'm excited to chat about some ways to boost your overall performance and wellness. As we mature, the majority of us begin to finally value how essential having good health is for quality of life. Most of us, though, can't even imagine what peak performance could look like because we're not well enough to begin with. Nowadays, you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who is not plagued by a terminal illness or doesn't know someone in their family, friends, or acquaintances who is dealing with the consequences of bad lifestyle choices. Our bodies are a complex combination of the emotional, mental, spiritual, and food choices that we have made over our lifespans. But it's very easy to get focused on healthy eating and forget that there is so much more that feeds disease, including the mind, emotions, and spirit. Even beyond the consideration of holistic wellness, optimal health should also include considerations of each of the essential body parts functioning at their best. So not only are you in great physical shape, your teeth are strong, your gums, your hair, your nails, feet, arms, organs, etc. function at their best. When anything in our body goes awry in just one part, it's amazing what a profound effect it can have on our general well-being, livelihood, and ability to perform. And that's because each part of our body informs the whole and vice versa. So as you consider optimal nutrition and what is the best fuel for you, also pay close attention to any other signs that your body is giving you, signaling that you may require some extra tender loving care. Here are some simple things you can do to ensure that you are living optimally. These are just suggestions, but these guidelines should help you get an adequate idea of habits that you can improve or add to your daily routine. First off, adequate supplementation. We've talked about this a lot on the show in various forms, but eating a well-rounded diet that provides your body with adequate nutrition is essential, but given our hectic lifestyles, we still may fall short of what our body needs. One way to ensure you have all the right fuel is to supplement using superfoods or taking good quality supplements. If you are a vegetarian or vegan, B12 should be on your list, and you may also want to include a multivitamin, green algae, grass powders, probiotic, flax or algae-based omega-3 supplements, and others, depending on your body. For meat eaters, taking a good multivitamin that includes at least 2,000 IU of vitamin D along with fish oil or a source of omega-3 fatty acids is a great starting point. It's also really important for all of us to get tested regularly by our doctors and to rectify any imbalances that you may have so that you can prevent long-term illness. Next up is regular exercise. This is a no-brainer. We've talked about this a lot on this show, but it's amazing how quickly this one habit for optimal health goes out the window, especially as we age. 
I know you feel like you don't have time, but carving out a mere 30 minutes daily to exercise will do wonders for your health, boost your energy, and keep you younger and happier thanks to the serotonin boost. Find a way you love to move and stick to a routine that works for you. If you're bored with your workout, change it up a bit and venture out to find fun alternative forms of exercise. Pole dancing, anyone? (laughs) Whatever floats your boat is great as long as you commit to moving your body regularly. Next is practicing mindfulness or managing your emotions by any means necessary. We often greatly underestimate the power our emotions have to keep us healthy. Emotional wellness is key in long-term health and learning healthy ways of managing our stress keeps us from adopting unhealthy disease-inducing habits, things like overheating, smoking, alcoholism. There are many ways to keep your emotions under control, but they all involve a daily commitment to a practice of mindfulness. Breathing helps, as does meditation, prayer, or yoga. Find something that makes your spirit sing and commit to it as the daily food for your spirit. Your soul needs food too, and the more you feed it, the more peace, health, and happiness you will find no matter what life throws at your way. Next up, take care of your teeth. We just talked about oral health recently with Nadine Artemis. Go back and check out that episode. If you have never heard about holistic dental care, you must listen to that. But just in case you didn't know, the health of your teeth and gums is a huge indicator for your overall health and well-being. If bacteria in your mouth is not kept under control, it can enter your bloodstream and cause infections or even heart disease. In addition to gum issues and infections may be an indicator of problems with your blood sugar levels. Losing teeth later in life is sometimes an indicator of also osteoporosis, and losing teeth before the age of 35 may actually increase your risk for Alzheimer's disease. The moral of the story is mind your mouth now, child, and avoid health complications later. Flossing daily, brushing your teeth, regular cleanings, and using a mouthwash are ways that you can care for your teeth now and prevent health trauma later. Next is eating whole foods and reading your labels. You should know this by now. But diet does play a huge factor in changing your health destiny and moving your compass towards optimal health. There are many examples of men and women who have achieved longevity and have been able to completely outlive their genetic history and avoid disease that plague their parents and grandparents just by changing their diet and lifestyle. We have yet to see the full implications of eating genetically modified foods, but the signs are already out there that it's taking a negative toll on the lifespan and the quality of health of many people. No matter what your diet is, These days, you have to go out of your way to avoid anything that is not really food. Read your labels, avoid non-organic meats, non-organic fruits and veg when possible, processed and packaged foods, refined sugars and salt, and unhealthy oils whenever possible. Although the cost of your groceries may increase, there are ways to get savvy and find a bargain. Remember that eating to live now is a definite investment in your personal health care plan. And the good news is you get to reap the benefits immediately. The other thing you need to do is schedule regular checkups. When you get centered on a more holistic lifestyle, you might find that you're sick less and less, if not at all. Um, I'm rarely sick, so I know what this I know what this is about. And you're basically able to manage your own health crises with your own intuition and natural cures. Those of us who are in the alternative or holistic health community can get caught up sometimes in calling our primary doctors the big bad wolves because of the prescription drugs they peddle for any ailment without dealing with the root cause. And the doctors tend to think that we've gone completely mad with our juicing, our medicine-avoiding, organic produce-loving ways. But the truth is that medicine does have its proper place, and it's still incredibly useful for all of us to assess deficiencies and cash illnesses if we commit to regular exams and checkups 
and also learn how to ask the right questions. You should be checking in on yourself regularly and get blood work that can let you know where you may be deficient to cue some adjustments in your diet and daily health regimen. Every doctor has his or her place, so make sure that even if you love the back-to-nature medicine route, you still engage in regular checkups with your primary care doctor. Next up, know your status. Sexual health is a huge issue and continues to grow in importance as the number of people infected with sexually transmitted diseases is on the rise, and a large majority of people are completely unaware of their status. I can't tell you the number of clients that I service who have HPV, herpes, all kinds of sexually transmitted diseases. It's incredibly important for you to take precautions necessary to guard your sexual health and also ensure that you engage in regular testing. If you don't know your status, if you haven't been tested and you're sexually active, know that by avoiding testing, you are playing a very dangerous game. Also ensure that once you do know your status, you take the precautions necessary to avoid STDs. All right, then we want to maintain colon health. Colon health is most likely the number one wellness issue in America today. The majority of diseases begin with the accumulation of waste in our colon, our body's sewage system. When Bernardo Lopayo was, was then 110 years old, he passed away, I think, was it 113 or 114? He was asked what he does to maintain a healthy colon. He said, if you eat fruits and vegetables and avoid unnatural foods, your colon health will take care of itself. You can go back and actually listen to that episode on this podcast. It's true. The majority of problems begin when our colons get clogged with unnatural toxic foods that get sucked and impacted as waste and slowly but surely cause health problems. Beyond just eating good whole foods, there are other things you can do to regularly ensure your colon is not becoming accessible for disease, including drinking adequate water and consuming prebiotic and probiotic foods. Then the last two things, we want you to monitor and value adequate sleep. We've talked about this a lot again on this podcast. Sleep is another precious commodity we undervalue in our culture. We are obsessed with grinding, getting ahead, meeting deadlines, sacrificing vacations for promotions. It's really, really, really important to make sleep a priority so that you can be the best you every single day. Not only does sleep affect our performance, learning retention, brain functioning, it also plays a major role in boosting our immunity, weight loss, presenting the onset of many diseases. The best way to get adequate sleep is to attempt as much as possible to stick to a sleep schedule and go to bed and wake up around the same time daily. Last but not least, engage in regular detoxification. Conducting regular fasts, even if they're only 24 hours or embarking on a detox every now and then can do wonders for your health and rev up your system. Your digestive system gets some time to rest. And as you detoxify your body, you're taking time to rid yourself of toxins that could have later built up and caused illness and disease. Regular fasting or detox does not have to be crazy and intense. You can opt for the intermittent fasting lifestyle, or you could do longer durations on a yearly, monthly, or as needed basis. It's just one additional research-proven way for you to pay it forward and prevent health problems before they arise. All right, y'all, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to chat with our amazing guests. I am super excited to announce the launch of the new destination I created for online programs called Staying Ageless University. At Staying Ageless University, we create epic content to teach you about holistic wellness and transformational healing programs to help you achieve extraordinary longevity. 
We believe that learning is an essential component of healing and creating lasting change, and every one of our programs are created from protocols that I have tried and tested on clients who have achieved optimal wellness by following them. Our signature programs include Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is designed to help women 30 plus interested in staying fly till you're 99 or close to it, create lasting healthy rituals, and the all-new Raw Girls Hormonal Balancing Academy for women suffering with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, or menopausal symptoms if you're ready to use holistic means to take control of your hormones and get your life back. We also have two new programs that are amazing for New Year's clean starts, Detox Your Life, which includes 30-day plant-based detox, either raw or vegan, and Candida and Parasites Be Gone for those who are ready to kick Candida overgrowth or parasites to the curb for good. Enrollment is now open for three of our programs, and we officially launched January 1st, 2021. You can learn more about us and our program offerings at stayingagelessuniversity.com. Hope to see you in class. When I lived in LA, I was at the beach all of the time. (laughs) The beach was my happy place. After going to the beach, I would always stop by this amazing raw food restaurant. They had the most delicious food, burritos, cinnamon rolls. I was obsessed. Fast forward to this year when I wanted to give myself a jumpstart on raw, I discovered that this amazing restaurant that I used to frequent had transitioned to nationwide delivery of fully prepared raw meals. It's called Raw Evolution, and for 20 years, they've been serving the finest and most vibrant living foods meals. They offer a raw box, which includes two fresh pressed juices, four gourmet entrees, four generous sides, and two delicious low glycemic desserts. The raw box is designed to provide one person with about four to five days of lunches and dinners. I also love that the menu changes each week, so there's always lots of variety. I get a lot of inquiries from listeners and clients alike who want to go raw and feel like it's not sustainable time-wise. If this is you, this is an amazing solution to get your raw jumpstart. Head on over to rawvolution.com and use the code RAWGIRL to receive a discount on your first purchase. Today's guest is Dr. Warren Brown. Dr. Brown earned his undergraduate degree from Kennesaw State University and his doctorate degree from the School of Naturopathic Medicine at Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington. He completed his clinical rotations at the Bastyr Center for Natural Health and several other clinics throughout the state of Washington. He then went on to complete an 18-month clinical residency program in Tacoma, Washington, during which he also worked with the medical staff for the Seattle Sounders U23 soccer team. Dr. Brown has also completed additional coursework in functional medicine and has lectured at functional and integrative medicine conferences across the United States on the topic of laboratory testing. He has also served as a contributor to the fifth edition of the textbook of natural medicine. Since 2012, Dr. Brown has been helping athletes and active individuals to reach their highest levels of health and performance through his advanced clinical approach. He has also served in a consultant role for medical staff members of several professional sports teams and is currently writing his first book on naturopathic sports medicine. Thank you so much, Dr. Brown, for joining us on Staying Ageless. I am super excited to chat with you about human performance. Yeah, it's uh, great to be with you, Asosa. It's uh, good to speak with you again. And as a new listener to the podcast, I'm super excited to be here. So thanks for having me. So I'm really um, interested in knowing what led you to decide to get into naturopathic medicine in the first place. Oh, yes, yes. 
I had a, an accident my senior year in college. I was had on track to, to get my uh, business management degree, and I was a couple weeks from graduating with that. And uh, I had an accident, and that sort of threw me into the medical system. And my uh, orthopedic doctor sort of inspired me to pursue medicine. And I had to go back to do all of my science prerequisites. And so I took about two years to do that. And I was spending time with different, different types of doctors. And uh, I spent some time with a naturopathic doctor and thought, that's how I want to practice. And um, so that sort of uh, put me down that road. And uh, I am, I'm glad I, glad I took that path. Super cool. And what led the interest in human performance specifically? Well, that I sort of, uh, I've always been interested in sports and uh, health and um, trying to get the most out of, get the most out of the human body. And uh, when I was in my residency um, after naturopathic medical school, I did a year and a half residency in Tacoma, Washington, and ended up uh, taking on a a minor role in a semi-professional sports team there. And then sort of uh, that sort of really gained a lot of momentum in terms of working with with athletes and people who are athletically minded. And I sort of carried that uh, back uh, into my practice and found that some people were sort of seeking me out uh, because of that. And uh, it sort of snowballed from there to the point where in 2018, I decided to sort of shift my focus from general practice to sports-specific practice. So I'm currently, um, my practice is kind of in between the traditional, um, somewhere, somewhere in between the traditional musculoskeletal orthopedic type of practice and the conventional provider. I'm sort of in that space right in between there. And, um, that's, that's, I just really try to, to um, maximize that area uh, in between those two areas and, and help my patients recover from injuries faster, get more uh, while, they're, while they're competing, and um, just trying to optimize their health overall. Super cool. So when I, I, what I found so fascinating about you is that you approach human performance, but through different body systems. Can you tell us about the body systems and what they can tell us about our health overall? Because I know that performance is definitely something athletes are looking at, but the average person, even though we don't think about it as as much, we can also benefit from increasing our performance. Right. Uh, Good question. That is, uh, I really tried to build a program where I could sort of take a systematic approach with my patients to, to maximize six different areas where patients often get it wrong. And um, that would be digestive efficiency. So maximizing their gut and making sure that they're, they're able to extract all the nutrients they can from the food that they're consuming. There's a lot of different reasons why why um, athletes and athletic minded people and even patients who are trying to optimize their health why they may not be getting the nutrients out of their food or even in supplemental form uh, it comes down to the gut often and so uh, the gut is also sort of a, 
foundation of of uh, health in general, uh, as you as you know, and um, has connections to the immune system and the nervous system and the hormonal network in the body as well. So, I really try to work on the gut, maximize the gut. Energy production is another system in my program, and it has to do with how well we can we can generate energy from the food that we're consuming. Muscle cells have the highest concentration of mitochondria and mitochondria are sort of a focus of uh, not only sports optimization, but also optimal health and anti-aging. So maximizing mitochondrial function and using advanced assessments to uh, advanced laboratory assessments to, to evaluate those. It's really important. Then I also have a, a part of my program called uh, cell signaling. And this is basically just um, hormone signaling in the body because that dictates whether or not we're anabolic, meaning we can grow and heal, or catabolic, meaning we will be more susceptible to wear and tear in the body. So getting those, hormone, those uh, hormones balanced between the uh, stress hormones, which are generally more catabolic, and the anabolic hormones, which are something that will will contribute to uh, growth and healing. The other part of my program is I call structural integrity. And basically this is looking at the microstructures in the body, not necessarily the joints and muscles. And those things are important. But um, I try to focus on the microstructures in the body, which are dictated by our genomics. So part of my program involves assessing patients uh, through, through genomics. Um, seeing if they have genetic mutations that might make certain enzymes in their body not work as well. So that's part of part of my program as well. The other part of my program is uh, I call detox, but it really this is detoxifying the body from antioxidants. And per- this is particularly important in patients who are interested in anti-aging and patients who are interested in, uh, or, or patients who are doing a lot of endurance activity. So ultra marathoners, things like that, they have a lot of oxidative stress, oxidative damage to cells. And so I call this detoxification from those uh, pro-oxidants in the body. So we want to get those out of the body and we want to be able to manage um, oxidation in the body. And I call that aspect of detoxification. Of course, certainly there are other toxins um, that we are exposed to on a daily basis too. And that is also something I account for. But in the context of sports-specific medicine, uh, it's the oxidative damage that I think is particularly important to assess. And uh, it is it is a something that doesn't present with any symptoms. So you have to use laboratory ass- assessments to to sort of um, gauge how much oxidative damage the, the patient is susceptible to. The last part of my program is immune response, and this is basically just uh, optimizing immune function in the patient. And uh, these are you know, a lot of my patients who do intense bouts of physical activity. Um, there is a suppressive effect on the immune system because of that. So uh, we want to make sure that their immune system is well balanced and not overactive or underactive. Um, so that is a, that's an important part of, of, uh, my program as well. Wow. So that's kind of the, I'm happy to dive into any of those topics uh, in more detail if you like, but 
that is just kind of the big picture of um, of my program. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> um, let me see. So with suppressing the immune system, there's a lot of people who talk about how endurance activities or very strenuous physical activity is actually not anti-aging, maybe because of the reason you just said. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I, and I... You know, we generally think uh, the the general consensus is that oh well I'm exercising isn't that good for my body and I think not always because when we exercise we uh, our cortisol levels naturally go up and uh, if we are doing endurance exercise ultra marathons things like that if we're jogging ten miles a day if we're doing that kind of thing and ramping up our cortisol levels for prolonged periods of time we can see problems with immune suppression in the body, uh, a suppressed immune response. We can also see problems with blood sugar control because when cortisol is released, that generally raises glucose levels in the body. So it's why you could see patients who are endurance athletes who have poor blood sugar control or they have a high hemoglobin A1C. Mm -hmm. It's because they have this constant or prolonged upregulation of cortisol. And that can affect their ability to recover from injuries. It can affect their ability to fight infections. And it can affect their ability to maintain a normal blood sugar. So one other thing I can mention about that is in terms of those activities, those types of activities, um, it's not to say that endurance uh, activity, uh, you know, people shouldn't do it. It's, it's really more to say if you are doing the ultra marathons and the endurance activity, you need to make sure that you are having balance in your training routine. So you don't want to, um, you want to incorporate some things that are generally more calming, more relaxing in between your training. You don't want to overtrain, in other words, which is not always obvious to athletes. That's good. That's really good. So I was, I was connecting the dots with something you said earlier about anabolic and catabolic. And it sounds as though, cause you mentioned that if your body's in a catabolic state that has to do with your hormones and the stress hormones. So I'm assuming that some of this high intensity or endurance exercise could actually make you more catabolic. What are some of the things that, that would lend itself to your body being more in the catabolic state? Uh, yes. Um, not, not only physical training, um, endurance training, things like that, but also um, stress. So the stress of, of having an upcoming competition or the stress of a, a stressful job or uh, family stress, um, things that contribute to feeling stressed overall could increase cortisol levels. And in today's world, it seems like that is, seems like nobody is immune to that. And um, some people are more in touch with that than others. But uh, whether or not the patient is in touch with that, it, it does still happen in their body. And some people sort of compare their stress to a friend or a family member who's going through a really stressful time and say, no, I don't have stress. Uh, but when I check their cortisol levels, they're through the roof. So um, it's really, I think, something that is often brushed off by athletes, but it's really important. Mm. When you look at 
You mentioned pro-oxidants, which I had never heard of before. Um, I've heard of antioxidants, of course, because I'm interested in aging slowly. Um, so pro-oxidants, is that the same thing as like free radicals? And basically, what types of things can people do to reduce those? Yes, you're exactly right. Pro-oxidants are uh, anything that creates a free radical in, in the body. A free radical, of course, can can um, is an unpaired electron that can damage cell membranes, can damage DNA, can increase the aging process, can um, create oxidation in the body. And oxidation is kind of like, well, if you've ever seen a piece of rusty metal, you, you know you have seen oxidation. And uh, you can just sort of imagine your cells rusting uh, when, there, when there's an imbalance between the antioxidants that protect us and the pro-oxidants that, that destroy us. So um, there's lots of different reasons why we are faced with pro-oxidants on a daily basis. You know, environmental toxins, um, uh, excessive um, physical activity at the extreme, of course, um, and uh, you know, there's infections and lots of different things. Uh, imbalances in gut flora can can contribute to oxidation. So it's it's all about getting that balance right between prooxidants and antioxidants. And um, antioxidants are what we think about getting a healthy diet, lots of colorful fruits and vegetables in the diet. You, you might you might take um, supplements in some cases like glutathione or resveratrol or green tea extracts or things like that. But ultimately, you really want balance. You don't want too many antioxidants because it is possible to overdo antioxidants. Um, but you want them to match the level of, of pro-oxidants in your body or or uh, free radicals. You want to be able to uh, capture those free radicals and neutralize them. Um, it's not necessarily a more is better thing when it comes to antioxidants. That makes a lot of sense. And that's basically how your age can sort of stay at a standstill, because if you're constantly sort of hitting this balance, <laughs> you're not really going to age at the same rate as other people would. Right. So what are some like really simple things that we can do. I feel like just all of the things we just talked about are pretty clear and I could just rattle them off based on your system. It seems like we need to pay attention to our gut health. It seems like we need to pay attention to the amount of antioxidants in our diet. Are there other simple things we can do? And are there lab tests that are that you also recommend that people do if they wanted to just start somewhere to figure out if they can improve their performance? Oh, yes. Uh, there's... There's a lot. I, I lean pretty heavily on laboratory testing uh, with my patients so that I can really try to figure out what's going on in their body. And, um, and if we're thinking about trying to evaluate oxidative damage in a patient, there's three markers that really tell me a lot. And uh, one of them is lipid peroxides, which you can measure in the urine and it tells you about oxidative damage to cell membranes. Another is 8-OHDG, which is oxidative damage to DNA, uh, which you can also measure in the urine very reliably. Um, and then glutathione, which can be measured in whole blood. And it's, uh, they're, they're great markers for determining 
giving you some good insight about the balance between antioxidants like glutathione and prooxidants like, or, or the exposure to prooxidants, I should say, uh, with lipid peroxides or 8-OHDG. In terms of other laboratory testing, it uh, seems like I almost always check cortisol in my patients. In addition to all the standard blood work, the chem panel, the lipid panel, the all of the you know conventional markers if they, they hadn't been checked already. But uh, but I'd always like to see cortisol levels and DHEA levels and um, more than just a morning cortisol. And I, I think we've talked about this before how looking at cortisol at four points through the day tells you a lot more than just uh, that morning cortisol reading that's often ordered by, um, by a lot of conventional providers. So yeah. being able to see cortisol at different points through the day um, is important because there is a pattern for cortisol um, and generally it's highest in the morning and lowest at, at night. But what goes on between those two points are, are really important. and um, that's something I'm always checking with my patients. Super cool. Um, this is really awesome. Is there anything else you want to add about human performance that we should think about? Um, I think that uh, diet is something that everybody can work on. And um, one thing that I've seen as a pattern in my patients is that not everybody is getting enough colorful fruits and vegetables. And no matter how many times you and I say it, it is something that requires consistent efforts from, from patients in order to really, really get that right. And um, it goes a long way, uh, getting, getting that, that, um, those colorful fruits and vegetables. So uh, patients hear it from us over and over, but we, we keep saying it because it's really important. And um, I think that's uh, if you're if you're going to do one thing or take one thing from from this conversation, I think uh, ramp up your colorful fruits and vegetable consumption. And uh, it's really important. A lot of athletes get hyper focused on protein and they think more is better. And um, it's, you know, in terms of longevity and human performance and overall health, we just we can't stress it enough. Um, for to eat colorful fruits and vegetables. I know it's not always the most exciting thing to talk about, but it is really important. Love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Brown. Where can people find you online and where can they find you if they're interested in your program? Uh, my website is ca4sport.com. That's short for Clinical Advances for Sport. Uh, my practice is in Scottsdale, Arizona. And um, I'm uh, Happy to happy to consult uh, w- with patients through telemedicine as well. So um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is through my website. Um, all my contact information is there. That's ca4sport.com. Love it. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Asosa. It's been a pleasure. I love the podcast. Uh, keep doing the great work that you do. And I'll look forward to talking with you next time. Attention, superfood lovers. You all may know by now that my favorite African superfood of all time is Moringa. Why? 
Moringa has 92 nutrients and 46 antioxidants, and every part of the amazing plant can be used. I personally use Moringa oil on my face twice a day, and then I also use Moringa powder to add to my smoothies, make Moringa bread, or sprinkle on meals for added nutrition from an amazing company called True Moringa. Founded in 2013, True Moringa is creating jobs and community with their amazing skincare and wellness products. The coolest part? Every time you make a purchase from True Moringa, they plant a tree in your name. Yes, child, to date they have planted over 2 million Moringa trees to combat deforestation and malnutrition in Ghana. To check out their awesome products, visit TrueMoringa.com and use the code RAWGIRL at checkout for 10% off and free shipping over $20. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. All right, all right. It's time to take a question from Instagram or email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is slide up in my DMs on Instagram at the raw girl or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's question is from Abby via Instagram who says, I've discarded my salt shaker, but is that enough to cut sodium intake? Hi, Abby. Thanks so much for reaching out. This is an awesome question. And the answer really depends on if you have hypertension or if you're just trying to watch your salt intake. If you have hypertension, you want to aim for 1,500 milligrams of sodium or less per day, according to popular guidelines. I actually recommend less than that. Salt lurks in unexpected places. And one of the easiest ways I've seen people raise their blood pressure from too much salt intake is eating out a lot. You'd be surprised at the amount of sodium lurking in your favorite so-called healthy meals. To give you an example, I once helped a client reverse her hypertension just by getting her to stop eating out at Kava every day. I've also seen the same with things like Chipotle, soups are really horrible culprits. You'll find them in places like Panera. Many of the soups that they have available have enough sodium in one for one meal to satisfy your requirements for the entire day. So in addition to getting rid of your salt shaker and maybe even swapping it out for mineral salt, Pay attention to your labels, avoid canned food with added sodium and minimize eating out or be very vigilant and use the nutrition trackers for your favorite restaurants if they have them. In addition to all of this, make sure you also increase the flavor of your food by using fresh or dried herbs and salt-free seasonings. These will keep your food tasty so you don't miss the salt at all. I really hope that helps you. Okay, y'all, I hope today's episode gave you some insights on how to improve your performance no matter where you are starting. Remember, the only way to do better is to push yourself past your current limit and really take time to imagine what it could feel like to be even more energetic, perform better with your exercise, have the body you want, and a lifestyle that actually supports all of this. 
When you take preemptive measures, it will require that you spend extra time and money to maintain a lifestyle that promotes optimal health. But remember, it's a worthy investment. Wouldn't you rather add extra time in for flossing instead of paying for an expensive dental work when you have gum disease or modify your diet now and avoid diabetes that plagues your family rather than have a limb removed altogether later? The cost of taking your wellness for granted are steep, people, and they come with a much higher price tag when things get urgent. In addition to looking at your own habits, knowing your family history is invaluable and essential and ensuring that you stay on the path of optimal health. If you know what diseases and ailments your parents and grandparents dealt with, you can take measures now to adjust your lifestyle so that you never have to worry about carrying on that disease's legacy. Today, I leave you with a quote by Ann Wilson Schaefe. Good health is not something we can buy. However, it can be an extremely valuable savings account. I hope you build up your savings account this week. Well, that's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at the raw girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com. To watch the interview on video from this and past podcast episodes, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash the raw girl.